Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 58. Here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, we love bringing you stories of people who discovered their counterfeit sleep and transformed their lives. In our recent Women's History Month episode, we highlighted the stories of three very different women who had very different daytime struggles, but all were caused by one nighttime problem. You guessed it, counterfeit sleep. If you haven't listened to episode 56, check it out and then share it so we take one step forward in ending women's sleep problems. In this episode, we celebrate World Sleep Day by bringing you another amazing story of transformation. This time, it's a guy, Tristan Williams, founding principal of Boom Loop Group and author of Fruition Power, How to Achieve More, Lead Well, and Conquer Overwhelm. Tristan was chugging along until he became a new dad and sleep problems became front and center. But it's not what you think. It was Tristan's sleep that was affecting his new baby. You heard that right. Tristan's sleep was interfering with his baby's sleep. So he had to do something quick. He was forced to look at his sleep in a new way. And once Tristan did what he had to do to improve his sleep performance, it opened his eyes to the draining effects counterfeit sleep had had on his life without him even knowing. As you'll hear Tristan tell it, improving his sleep performance has opened up solutions to other problems he dealt with in his life. Problems he just accepted as normal because they were his norm. But as we say here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, all sleep is not created equal. So I'm excited to share this conversation with Tristan in honor of World Sleep Day. Our hope is that you will see eye-opening solutions for common problems you deal with, just like Tristan has. Listen and learn what snoring tells you about your sleep performance. How the sleep performance continuum is your key to achieving your goals. And what to do if you've convinced yourself you have some kind of deficiency. Let's listen in now to this eye-opening conversation with Tristan Williams, founding principal of Boom Loop Group. 
Hello, Tristan, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It feels good to be here. Uh, we were just talking and we said we're going to call all of our listeners the hypersleepers today. What? So all of our hypersleepers out there, good to talk to you. Perfect. I love it. Let's do it. And I appreciate you coming on the Caterpillar Sleep Podcast today as we celebrate World Sleep Day. And Tristan, I know you're a new dad and we all know that that's like a full-time job in itself. So thanks for making the time for us. And what's interesting about you being a new dad is that I know that it was your concern for your baby that really sort of almost forced you to look at your sleep. And that once you did, it really opened your eyes to, to the way that improving your sleep performance was really the solution to the other problems that you were dealing with in your life. And so I'm excited for you to share your story today because that's exactly what we do here. We help people connect the dots between their obvious performance problems during the day and their not so obvious sleep performance problems at night. So mm -hmm. can you tell us why your being a new dad made you look into your sleep? And then we'll make our way to takeaways for people who may be uh, in the same boat of, of sleep performance problems that they don't know. So, so tell sure. us, uh, yeah, tell us what, what, uh, what was it about being a new dad that really helped you open your eyes to what was going on? Well, you, you called it concern for my baby. And I thought that was a synonym for my wife's wrath and anger. So I'm not sure if you can look in Webster's synonyms and see that those are the same thing, concern and wife's anger, wrath, fury. Uh, but that's essentially what happened. You know, um, I have lived alone for the majority of my life. And recently, as in the last couple of years, my snoring has not been the most attractive overnight. So I went and got the sleeping strips, the no strips. Band-Aid, literally, not sure if you guys got that. <laughs> um, but it, it helped some uh, who still snore occasionally. Um, and I think I was experiencing diminishing returns with the no strip. Uh -huh. And then when little one, our first little one came along, you know, for, for anyone who's ever raised a child who didn't sleep well, you know, once you put that baby down, you become the tiptoe burglar, right? Yes. Around that bassinet. Yeah, you know, don't you, wake you, the baby. Yeah, yeah. You, you learn how to exist in stealth mode. And that's essentially, you know, what happened. So imagine you're bouncing and rocking and shushing and doing all the things. Baby finally goes down. Parents get some rest. And then five minutes later, someone's <sighs> snoring oh, no. up a storm and you wake up the baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> right. And so imagine the frustration, feeling demoralized that all of your hard work and effort is thrown out of the window mm -hmm. because one of the parents is snoring. So between us, we were kind of able to figure it out, you know, tough it out and get over it, right? Headphones or whatever it is. But when you're waking up a sleeping newborn, something has to be done about that. Right. So that's essentially what sent me in to get a sleep study. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that it's a great thing that you're mentioning because um, snoring is so common and we tend to laugh at it, you know, and we dismiss mm-hmm. it because it's so common, but it really is a big sign of, of counterfeit sleep. And so anybody that snores should really start to look at their sleep performance because it really, it, it does mean you're underperforming. You're not a hyper sleeper, as you said before, Tristan, yeah. when you're snoring. Yeah. So you did go and you got a sleep study and you found out that, that you actually were dealing with clinical sleep apnea, right? And, and I'll just take a second here and talk about that you know, when we talk about sleep in general and sleep performance, there's a whole continuum. One end of it is healthy sleep, right? Where you wake up and you feel great and you have all the energy you need for everything you have to do during the day. And of course, the other end of it is clinical sleep apnea, where you absolutely are not getting the healthy restorative sleep that you need. And then you have a huge variety of problems, um, you know, throughout the day and, and health problems and everything. And in between there, there's this huge range of things. And um, so by the time you get to that clinical sleep apnea and you're really feeling it during the day. So can you tell us a little bit what kinds of things, you know, once you figured this out and once you started getting better sleep, what, what did you see differently in your days as a result of improving your sleep performance? You know, it's, it's really interesting that, that you ask that because... I've had my CPAP machine, which is a machine that essentially helps me breathe better at night. And I've had it for a couple of weeks now, but with a newborn, you still don't get the best sleep. But right now I'm traveling on business and I've had about three days of sleeping to myself. And this is the first time in months that I've been able to easily and consistently wake up in the five o'clock AM hour. It's I mean, I've, I've always wanted to be an early riser and, you know, when I live by myself, I, I actually had to put my alarm clock in the bathroom. I had to get out of bed, go to another room. Okay. When I had an Android, I used to put my alarm clock on the, you know, 10 miles per hour to actually get in the car and drive to work to turn wow. my alarm clock off. And within these couple of days, it's, effortlessly getting up in the morning and you notice that that struggle isn't there anymore Mm. right it doesn't it the 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 amount of willpower that I used to have to have in the morning it doesn't require all of that it's it's you know a third of that at best yeah I love that you're mentioning that because um so so many times what happens when you're dealing with a sleep performance problem and you don't realize it is you tend to take on the things that you're not able to do as personal failures, you know, like, Hey, I just don't have the willpower, the very word you mentioned, yep. you know, and you try all these. I'm not tricks. disciplined enough. Yes. If only I could. And you, and you walk around and what does that do? That affects the way you feel about yourself, obviously. And that impacts the way you interact with the world. And so the, the, the long range effects of not being able to wake up rested are really so broad and really impact us, you know, in, in across the world fully. So I'm so glad you're mentioning that because it, it's not even, one piece. Not even wake up rested, wake up when you want, which are two different things. I can wake up at 5 a.m. 
unrested and still feel like, all right, I'm going to conquer this day and push through it. But it's a completely different level of defeat when you can't even wake up tired when you want to. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole new level. You're right. (laughs) When you see someone else wake up on three hours of sleep and they decide, you know what, I'm tired, but I'm going to get up anyway and do it. You can't even do that. Mm-hmm. you can't even yeah. wake up and be drowsy and be asleep you can't even do yes. that so and, it's it's tough yeah and what I would say is I would go back to that continuum that we were talking about it depends where you are in the continuum so when you're at that clinical sleep apnea end you are re- you've really gotten to a point where your sleep performance is at the bottom somebody who may be able to get less sleep um, and and get up and go they may be earlier uh, you know uh, earlier in the progression um, but but I think it's the cumulative effect too like you know maybe when you were younger were, did well let me ask you this did you find that that tiredness in the morning and that inability to get up did that get harder for you as the years progressed or what was your experience you know I think when we're you know teenagers and younger 20-somethings we ought to kind of have something in us that is impenetrable, right? Allows us to do what we want, wake up when we want, right? The metabolism is exactly the way we want it to. So once I kind of snapped out of that phase of life, you know, early to mid twenties, I, I did find it pretty, pretty hard and challenging to get up. In yeah. The yeah. And if you think about it, the demands that are placed on you when you're much younger, really are, are less, right? I mean, you, you, you know, you're in school and maybe you have a sports schedule and maybe a job Mm -hmm. or something, but you can generally, you know, carve out time for, for sleep or, um, you know, somebody, somebody can step in and help you or whatever, but as you get older and you're working full time, and then like, as you just recently experienced becoming a parent, as that load increases, and as the sleep performance level uh, decreases, you feel the impact of it more and more. You, it eventually becomes like the straw that breaks the camel's back. So let me ask you one question. What, what do you think is one, maybe the biggest thing that you've noticed? Um, did you notice other things? A lot of people deal with things like, you know, uh, brain fog, um, you know, that they didn't really attribute to their sleep or maybe irritability that they they didn't attribute or maybe an annoying health problem that they, they didn't realize was related to poor sleep performance. Did you have anything like that um, that really impacted your daytime um, being? There, there are two things that I'm continuing to measure and keep my eye on. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. I think it's still early for me to say, oh, that's absolutely soft now, right? Um, one of them was sports-related migraines. Mm. I started getting sports-related migraines when I was a teenager. And I realized... If I played, you know, one pickup game of basketball, I had to down four Gatorades wow. to not get a migraine, mm-hmm. not a headache, 
migraine, debilitating, can't see, right? Don't turn on any light, sound. That's completely shut off to the world, migraine. Um, It got to the point where I would start taking extra strength Excedrin preemptively. Yes, so that you would hope to avoid it? At 19 or 20 years old. Wow. Um, You know, that's really interesting. We actually had um, a podcast episode with Dr. Michael Geis, where he talked about um, basically waking up with migraines in the morning, um, you know, so a little bit different than you're talking about, about sports induced, but we really get into the topic of migraine in general and how migraines and sleep performance problems really go hand in hand. So if there's anybody who does deal with migraines, go and listen to episode 22, because it will give you some incredible insights there. So good. So that's one thing you've noticed. Um, And what, what's another, what was the other thing that you mentioned? The other is, is more of a day-to-day thing. It's just fatigue. You know, um, a buddy of mine from college, we were living together for a brief stint and he had this long commute to work, comes back, long commute again, and it's maybe 5.36 p.m. And I literally remember this moment like it was yesterday. I remember that he had energy and I thought it was the strangest thing in the world because <laughs> as a professional... I had been living alone. So I thought everyone comes home. Everyone's dog tired. Everyone can't make it through the night, right? Everyone needs espresso at 6 p.m., right? To to do the things that they need just to get to bedtime. But he comes home and it's like he had just woken up. Like, where is all of this energy coming Mm. from? How are you doing this? Right. And that that was the moment that I knew something was different with me. Uh-huh. I knew he wasn't a superhero. I knew something was deficient in me, but I didn't know what it was at the didn't moment. Didn't know what it was. Wow. So, well, thank goodness that you are you found the answer to it, and you are well on your way to really having the high performance days because you are turning yourself into a hyper sleeper, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. I actually I share my story in episode two um, because I was I was the same. Uh, my, well, a little bit different. I would wake up, I would get eight hours of sleep and I would wake up feeling great. Right. So it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like there's a sleep performance problem there, but every day I would need a nap. And I just mm-hmm. thought, Hey, I'm just a napper, you know? And then as yeah. my life got more complicated with, you know, full-time work and family, as we were talking about before, well, then all of a sudden it was the nap and the caffeine. And, and then it just got mm-hmm. harder and harder. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I need adrenaline too. And I ended up taking up exactly. rock climbing, you know, and never once did I suspect that I was that the sleep that I was getting the eight hours of sleep that I was getting was the cause, right? I was getting sure. counterfeit sleep, but I really didn't, um, didn't make the connection, you know, until quite some time. And, and I mean, I always say to people, think about, um, use this as a, as a a guide to evaluate your sleep. You should be able to fall asleep and stay asleep. And you should be able to wake up with energy and then have the energy that you need for your day. And if you don't, then consider whether you might be having a sleep, um, you know, a, a sleep performance problem that's leading to counterfeit sleep. So, um, so great. I think, um, Tristan, your, your story beautifully illustrates what we really try to help people recognize here that we can be getting 
counterfeit sleep and have no idea about it. And once we start, once we address it, we can really see the difference in, in our lives uh, because of that. So as we close out here, Tristan, I like to ask each guest two questions. The first one is, what, um, what would you put on a billboard, you know, given everything that you know, and everything you've learned, what message would you, um, would you put up knowing a billboard is a small piece of real estate and people drive by pretty quickly? Sleep is the cousin of death. Mm, tell me what you mean by that. You know, in, in our culture, we use that phrase to justify overworking, burning ourselves out. And we say, you know, if you really want something, you sacrifice your sleep. Mm. And they say sleep is the cousin of death because when you sleep, you might as well not be living because to be pursuing your goals is to be awake. But in reality, poor sleep is the cousin of death because when you have poor sleep and you're up, you can't pursue those things anyway. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. We look at it as this, this awful trade-off of like, gee, I'll have to sleep. So I, and I can't do the mm -hmm. other stuff, but it, it really is that sleep that allows us to do the other stuff, providing it's not counterfeit sleep, like in my exactly. case. Yeah. So beautiful. Counter counterfeit sleep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's and people ask because... me like, why do you call it counterfeit sleep? And I'll say, well, you know, in, like in my case, getting eight hours of sleep, it's sleep that looks like the real thing, but it has no real value and it can get you in trouble, big trouble, just like counterfeit it, money, you know, <laughs> there, there was a, a war tactic when, um, when soldiers would be running out of food, they would eat a little bit and suck in a lot of air uh -huh. to, trick their stomachs to being full oh, mm. it was counterfeit eating ah you interesting. have a full belly full belly no substance yes yes same thing with sleep right sleep right hours but not you don't get the substance from it exactly and and funny that you bring up the the sort of soldier in the war kind of uh you know analogy that if you are um, if you are at war, you want to make sure your, your, your sleep is going to be impacted and that's going to impact your performance on the, on the, on the field where it really is a life and death situation. So I actually got into mm -hmm. that in episode 54 with Chuck Garcia, a leadership, a leadership coach, really interesting conversation. Well, I will close out to say also we have, um, this is women's history month and we did, um, we did an episode, uh, in uh, what was it episode 56 it was where we really took together uh, put together the stories of three women who had really diverse problems and then all found out that they were getting counterfeit sleep and then were able to resolve those problems so if anybody listening is thinking gee you know I wonder if I could be dealing with something think about what Tristan said go and listen to episode 56 go and listen to the episode uh, on migraines um, bottom line is use the XYZ formula. If you have problem X, whatever it is, mm -hmm. ask why. Don't just accept it. And make your primary suspect your Z's, your sleep, because it really, uh, it really impacts everything in your life. So Tristan, thank you again so much for coming on to share your story with us on World Sleep Day. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's been awesome. Thank you much, so much for having me, guys. It's been a blast. Thanks. 
A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.